for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff, like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? So I am, I have let a little bit more Christmas cheer to my heart this year. It's, I know. It's been, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the warmth. It's sort of like being hugged on the downstairs by like a... David Berg, <laughs> a new drunk Santa that's always just kind of being like, let me see the holly berries. He has the beard of a Santa, but not the belly, though. But what I'm learning is that if you just let that warmth go from creepy to nice, that's Christmas. That's it. <laughs> but the thing is, is that, that's, what you, that's your that's, understanding of Christmas. That's pretty good. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is the last podcast on the left. I am Ben Kissel with Marcus Parks. And as the Grinch's heart grew, so, so did Henry's. But it, it's like sitting on a bus to a big fat man and then eventually it's like yes his sticky warmth is hurt you hate it because it reminds you of being maybe again memories of molestation or yeah, next you to your start, father something like that yes anything you flip it into again gotta flip it into i like this so you I do that all the time so wait a minute so you're like phoebe cates and gremlins how so? She got molested by a man in the park dressed as Santa Claus. Yes. She did? I don't remember that part of Gremlins. Yeah. You just, you the just... lighthearted film Gremlins? Yeah. There yeah. Was a... No, 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 wait. She got molested in Gremlins 2. Yes. In Gremlins 1, it was when her the, her dad got caught in the chimney uh, while like, he was trying to play Santa Claus. But this was well, back in the 80s when grabbing at strangers was fun. I guess so. Gremlins ball came in in Gremlins 2, right? That's You're thinking of Critters. Oh, I'm thinking of Critters, <laughs> critters. the whole time. Critters. Oh and speaking God. of Christmas, at the end oh of this episode, God. we're going to be premiering a brand new Cowman song. We wrote a Christmas song, yes. and we're going to be playing it at the end of this episode. Again, it's All as right. heartwarming as imagining the wet heat from a man's leg on top of your leg, and translating that into the warmth of a blazing Yule log. Yep. <laughs> okay, so our Christmas gift to you, <laughs> Children of God, part four. I guess we could call this The Revenge? Uh, yeah, we, to some degree. we absolutely can. Yeah, uh, this is like it's like so, Die Hard, a Christmas a Christmas action movie, but also very sad. Yeah. So it's kind of like JCVD, <laughs> a little bit like that. So this is just above getting a tie for Christmas. This is the episode we provide to you. Yeah, and we're gonna jump right back in there with the molestation, but we're gonna try to get through the last of it as fast as we possibly. Because you know why we're gonna be taking the Choo Choo Molest Express. <laughs> I don't. Chicka 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 chicka. Molestation no, is a very no, serious no, thing. It is incredibly serious. Do we do have to mention that up top? I have. I'm nothing but love. Nothing but net, nothing but love. Yeah, yeah. We're not menacing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do want to say you were just like, we're jumping 
right back into molestation. It did seem a little bit overjoyous. We're going to be jumping right back in with molestation. That's I apologize. Good, good tenor. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to be jumping right back into it. But anyways, <laughs> what this is is the story of Ricky Rodriguez. David Ito. This is the end of his tale. That's who we're going to be following throughout the rest of this episode. This is what happens after. This is the idea of what group think shits out. Yeah. Group think shits out. It's all people that come back to try to destroy it. And that's why I like changing this from the story of Davidito to the story of Ricky Rodriguez because this yeah. is this because the story of Davidito is the story of is the story of a victim. And now this is a guy. I mean, he mm-hmm. remains a victim, but he tries to take some power back. Take yeah. it back. Yeah, absolutely. So at the age of 10, Ricky got a spot on the sharing schedule, which was a list that was posted in every group home of the children of God that was essentially a sex timetable which specified which cult members would have sex with each other on what day and unfortunately it's incredibly easy to talk with the shift manager to change schedules <laughs> do they on have that. a shift manager uh, yeah and guess what he accepts in order for you to change different time slots on the the sharing schedule i don't know blowjobs oh i see <laughs> And when Ricky was 12, he was given a much older cult member named Bonnie as his designated girlfriend. And that same year, Ricky was forced to have sexual relations with Karen Zerby, his own mother. And again, this is David Berg trying to make Ricky, trying to make anybody in his close circle just like him. Yeah. Exactly. So the cult, of course, all of this stuff is going on and you know, they're fairly open about it with the story of David Ito. Uh, they're actually, I mean, they're telling... Yeah, they had punch cards. Yeah. <laughs> seems like they were going into work. I mean, fairly open about it. It was a whole business, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, I really wish you didn't make a whole Doonesbury comic about it. <laughs> God, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, so the cult, uh, even though they were open about this stuff, they were constantly on the run. They were always staying one step ahead of journalists, particularly the tenacious staff of a German magazine named Stern. Cool. They were good, though. I mean, yeah, it was I like, like No, I mean, yeah, it's just, it seems like a very German name for a magazine. It's just like <laughs> organized or furrowed brow. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> so Ricky never had interactions with children who weren't also being molested by the inner circle, and he only saw other kids when they went out in public. David Berg, in 1986, feeling a bit of pressure from the general public, officially banned sex between adults and minors. He Aww. had to officially ban it. He had to come out and say, like, wow. yeah, you know what, that whole, like, you know, adults having sex with kids, eh, maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. How far down the rabbit hole do you have to go of perversion for you to have to get to a point where you have to officially ban something that should be naturally uh, disgusted, to, should disgust anybody? Well, he obviously met a giant smoking caterpillar. <laughs> yeah. And he knew them when he saw them, you're like, that's not attractive at all. Was that what I look like? Oh, I guess I'm, everybody were having sex with pumpkins. You can draw little yeah. smiles on the pumpkins, that's why. It's like a child. It'll be like a child to wean you off. Is that an Alice in Wonderland reference or a uh, Freddy versus Jason reference? I think both. Yeah. So in 1987, the next year, flirty fishing was called off completely in the wake of the AIDS crisis, or at least that's what they said, uh, because they also banned uh, Children of God members from having sex with anybody outside of Children of God. They're like, you know, we can only mix with ourselves except for people that you've already been fucking for years. People got mm. grandfathered in, essentially. Ugh, by David Burke. <laughs> He's Disgusting. always grandfathering them in. Yep. Yeah. And 
it took them another two years to say that maybe children shouldn't be having sex with each other as well. Congratulations. Really great, guys. <laughs> wow. Where, is there a Hallmark card for that, for that congratulations? It just seems like when Moses went up to the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, but then Berg did it with a huge boner, <laughs> and then God was like, ugh. Yeah, Let's not Berg- take away from the fact that Moses may have very well have been completely rigid hard. He had just met Maybe. God himself. He had just been given a crazy job. <laughs> I don't know how many times I have harder sex when we do well. Yeah, yeah. but he had to etch in uh, in stone Ten Commandments. With his cock. Oh, maybe that's what he used. <laughs> so it was around this time that Ricky, now aged 13, was introduced into the general population of the children of God. He started going to the Heavenly City School in Japan, where he was described by most people as a shy and quiet kid with no social skills who just wanted to fit in. Now remember, this is a kid that was taught as that he was going to be the, the new messiah. Mm-hmm. right? He was handled very closely by all of the people around him, coddled, the whole family like built him up with this huge ego. He was all, all the other kids also were prepped saying like the messiah is coming here. Be careful, like, you know, just know that he he's something special. Uh, don't cross him. Like they were warned, but also like, you know, he's, he's going to be a psychic. He's going to be a healer. And so kids didn't know how to interact with him. And he was just this shy, sweet 13-year-old who was just yeah. like desperate to make friends. And he showed up, and everybody thought that he was the new Jesus Christ. And that it's is- a hard way to bridge a gap. Yeah, it would take a heavy personality in order to take that uh, you know narrative and actually own it. It doesn't seem like the years of abuse were probably beneficial to him. He was just when, a fucking kid, just a quiet thirteen-year-old. I mean, and that's how all of these kids were. They were they were just kids, uh, and all of these kids that were a part of the school, uh, they were all second-generation kids. They were born into this. It was all they knew. Oh God! Can you? I also think at some point, and this may be a strange idea. But David Berg, I think he thought that all of the all of the the, the molestations would have made him like cool and groovy. Like he that was. is exactly why he did it, and it doesn't do that. No, that whole free love <laughs> movement kind of got a little bit out of control. I think. Yo, yeah, of course. Yeah. No, the free love. We talked about it uh, earlier. We talked about it. I think on part one, like all that free love stuff. All it does is hurt people. It That's just right. hurts people. There's Most, actually a heavy price to love. Polyamory <laughs> takes a lot of rules. A lot oh, of wait, rules. And it's all tacking, 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 tacking. <laughs> I watched Sister Wives, and uh, I had a panic attack. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't understand how the, uh, how he's able to deal with all that. Yeah, some people can. Some yes. people can totally deal with but polyamory. You but have to be the, a very big communicator. Yeah, and the, the yes. amount of people that can, the, the percentage of the population that can handle polyamory, I mean, it's less than 1% of like people who can actually actually handle that and good on you if you can but yes. the vast vast majority of us cannot Among, amongst consenting adults I think it's a fine way to live uh, yeah, you have want a to great do it time. like that absolutely yeah. I mean God forbid if there's only two seats on a roller coaster oh. that's a problem you go with <laughs> well, you always sit next to who you always have to have matches of a different length on you at all times <laughs> and then you have, you have to play like the like the movie clue you know yeah so these kids that were brought up into the children of God they had no grounding whatsoever not only were they uh, faced with the Messiah suddenly, but they never had any idea what the rules were. The rules changed every single day. One day the higher-ups would be telling them they should all be having sex with each other all the time, and the next day they tell them, it's like, actually, no, you should only be holding hands, and that's all you should ever do, ever. And then the next day it's like, oh, no, wait, blowjobs are okay. Uh, and then the next day it would be back to holding hands. It was just, they were just fucking with them as much as they could. Because David Burke right. was completely blotto on wine, sending out these mole letters, just sending them out, and so they would jump to every single weird thing. It's like if we 
totally let Ben Kissel completely run Cave Comedy Radio just solely based on 3 a.m. text. Oh, yeah. <laughs> be a whole bunch of different shows. One's just about mud. <laughs> it's kind of fun. So were they manipulating these people on purpose, or was this a little bit more of, like you were saying, Henry, this is just a drunken man I, I really, acting drunkenly. I really do think the whole thing got out of control. These people were, like, they wanted to believe in David Berg so badly. There were a lot of people that had left... Uh, but the people that had stayed, they needed to believe. They needed yeah. to believe that whatever was coming from David Berg was the rule of God. I also, because they'd already invested so much into it. Can you imagine if he had Twitter? Oh. I mean, that would be fascinating. I mean, really great. It would honestly yeah, probably be Yeah, I can't imagine kind of, if he had Twitter. Yeah, yeah entertaining yeah. almost. <laughs> I can actually perfectly imagine what it would be like for a fucking lunatic with power to have Twitter. <laughs> uh, but also, I think that there was a pattern that it, it grew from, right? Like all these all of these cults always start in, in one purposeful direction and then balloon out in panic. Mm-hmm. Because you have all this pressure on him from all sides. People try to investigate him, both journalists and police and the families of the people members of these cults are trying to get these people out of there and so originally I think the inconsistency was on purpose like yeah. the very beginning to sort of like see how far people will jump mm-hmm. like and then the more and more people take those jumps the more willing to take bigger jumps and then eventually David Berg can't think anymore yeah and I think mm-hmm. really think the only way to keep a cult truly organized is through violence and fear look at Om Shinrikyo Om Shinrikyo uh, say what you will about them they were an organized group Till the very end, no, extreme. They had a goal. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. They had they absolutely they had an end game, uh, and the children of God had no end game because the end game kept changing. Hmm. And when the game changed, the people they don't say the same. That's a good point. <laughs> good point for sure. So naturally, a lot of these kids they couldn't handle it, and when they couldn't handle it, uh, when kids can't handle what's going on, they act out. That is just an absolute. That's a fact. Graffiti, swapping clothes, dyeing their hair. <laughs> well, I don't think the last Jokers. two aren't that bad. And if they're good at graffiti, you could harness that into an artistic. It's true. Skill. Now it's it's fun how that changes yeah. again. You flip into something you like. Absolutely. Yeah. So those kids that couldn't handle shit and started acting out, they were sent to teen training, as we talked about on the last episode. Those were the the camps where they sent the bad kids where they put the smile machine on them oh that smile machine that would that gave me nightmares yeah it really did i don't know i could use a smile every once in a while yeah a forced smile when you're sad it's not natural the outside in <laughs> <laughs> so the one from the inner circle who got the brunt of this teen training though was mary berg the daughter of Aaron Berg, who jumped off goddamn mountain in 1973. Because, of course, you know, someone who's on the inner circle, uh, she needs to be made an example of. Always. Yeah, there's always the people, always these kids that are very close, they always need to be made an example of. Uh, so Mary suffered not only sexual abuse from David Berg himself, but also physical and psychological abuse from Karen Zerby. It cannot be understated how evil Karen Zerby was. Karen Zerby is evil. Excuse me. She remains evil. She remains evil. She's she's still alive. Still alive. And now they're trying to act like none of this shit happened. They're trying Mm. to act like all of this is normal. And (laughs) and the church is completely fucking uh, copious or whatever bullshit is completely fine. And it's not. She's she's another one. She's an enabler of a gigantic network of molesters. So she's in her 70s or so at this point. Yeah, she'll be dead soon. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? People live forever nowadays. That is true. So Zerby was worried that Mary, who was Berg's granddaughter, would Replace Zerby as the queen of the apocalypse, sitting at Ricky's side. Like Aaliyah. <laughs> <laughs> 
A Queen of the Dam. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Queen of the Dam. Yeah. Great movie. <laughs> yeah. So Karen Zerby thought this because Berg was making Ricky have sex with Mary so Berg could continue his family line using the Messiah as the father. Zerby clued into what was happening and sent Mary to the teen training camp in the Philippines. And now this is because Karen Zerby was jealous of Mary because she was getting new attention mm. and she was the new new wine and yeah. not the old stinky fucking clotted wine that Karen <laughs> Zerby became. This is why I had a panic attack watching Sister Wives. <laughs> now, while Mary was in the Philippines, she was locked in a room for six months where she was tied to a bed and beaten, thrown against walls, and was forced to undergo multiple exorcisms. Sarah, Ricky's nanny, that you'll remember from the last episode, supervised and often took part in the abuse more often than not for no other reason than she just seemed to enjoy it. She reminds me of an evil version of the... Uh palsied like clean janitor woman in deadwood sarah for some reason in my mind i imagine oh, sarah as jewel? like yes <laughs> i don't see no, the connection there. No, wait, just, yeah what I are you talking why. about it's just another woman yeah jewel just... was a sweet soul <laughs> i'm saying evil i'm saying of an evil so version she reminds of you of the exact opposite of a person who happens to be a woman from a tv show yeah. she's got like the oh, no sarah oh. doesn't have cerebral palsy i'm not saying she does I'm i don't just, see this, the this connection. doesn't work at all <laughs> i'm just saying it's like a thing in my head you've just, you just been watching deadwood a lot. i have been but also you guys don't put like like you don't attach images to certain people you read about yeah oh yeah i definitely do that yeah so that's what i attached <laughs> but it I just mean, doesn't seem to be inaccurate it's like david berg i sometimes think about george went i could well another one yeah that's that's you that's yeah. maybe you know, with yeah, a heat the, miser george went heat miser from cheers <laughs> yeah yeah norm he's talking about norm <laughs> i don't or john lithgow and then maybe I john, john lithgow okay yeah, he's maybe. got some villain roles out there norm yeah. never did nothing wrong to I nobody he did i'm not blaming george white i'm just saying <laughs> although he I did have attached... a family that he never saw no not once he was a there horrible should be alcoholic. a dark side to cheers when they go home <laughs> we never see cliff at work now more than anything it seems like the family's treatment of mary is what drove ricky to murder Decades later, on January 6, 2005, here's Ricky talking about their treatment of Mary in a video he made years later, which we'll go into in greater detail later on in the show. She would, uh, uh well, I mean, my sister has such a fucked up time in team training. She's a fucking six-year-old, for God's sake. Fucking animals. I hate those fuckers. They're gonna fucking get it, too, if I have anything to do with it. Rock and roll. <laughs> I mean, you I don't want to say. I just I'm with him. I'm kind of. <laughs> it almost sort of. Now, is that a manifesto tape or? We'll where? get it. We'll okay, get, we'll into, get the into all that. But yeah. you do have to understand where the guy's anger is coming from. That's for damn sure. Absolutely. Oh, God, a, yes. This is why. Again, we're talking about it's sad Batman. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. yeah. Now, over the years, the children of God had run into journalists and local and federal officials the world over who tried to uncover the truth and expose the rampant child abuse that was taking place. In the cult but every single time the family got away with it it could be that they pulled strings with or blackmailed those powerful people they'd flirty fished or it could be that they just knew how to cover their tracks also it is i, I think it's got something along the lines of when you look at who took johnny that documentary and about like the idea of gigantic 
organized child molestation that in some way, shape, or form is, is sort of overlooked by the government. It's like they don't want to open that box a lot of the time. I think that, yeah. that because it, it it shows how little work they did to investigate what was going on when people again and again and again went to authorities to tell them all of this shit's going on inside of these cults. It's not happening everywhere. That's the other thing, too, is that there were many sects and many different com- communities uh, within the Children of God. Hundreds. I mean, there are over, uh, today, over a thousand of them. So if you can't find the head, the head group, the head of the snake, it's going to be difficult to cherry pick which communities you go to because then some of them also didn't participate in any of the flirty fishing or any of the, the family sharing and any of that shit. They yeah. were just they were just kooks that were living an austere life and believed in corporal punishment. And I think another part of it is it's a religion. Yeah. And people are sensitive to other people's religious beliefs, and oftentimes that'll lead them to stop investigating and just believe that the greater good is happening. I think that uh, a big part of it uh, is not necessarily flirty fishing. I think that a lot of these government officials, we talked about it in our uh, Franklin cover-up episode, uh, where people will essentially be either... They'll pretty much be honeypotted uh, into having sex with a minor. Yes. Uh, and they'll or be in the room where a bunch of people are having sex with minors. Exactly. So those people are then complicit. So when it comes time to prosecute that, then the head can go up and say, like, right. listen, you're a part of this. You're complicit in this. If we go down, you go down. I'm That's 60% of our government is involved in child molestation rings. I know it for a fact. That is not a fact, and that is actually a very dangerous thing to say right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very Interesting. Good. But no, I mean, obviously, again, going back, Dennis Haster was one of them. There are, they are, there are many people who, but I think... There are definitely some. There and who was Jared Fogle texting? That's what I want to <laughs> yeah. know. But yeah, anyway. there are absolutely some people that are in the government uh, that are pedophiles, but on the other hand, there are live librarians that are pedophiles that doesn't mean that right. and they're the that, worst that, ones that, that well they make mean, they make the kids read but they yeah. got me into horror novels i told you about the librarian yes. in the last yeah, episode who, i get you know but again he but, he inspired me but that's the thing just because there's one librarian who is a pedophile that does not mean <laughs> that every library in the united states is a part of a gigantic librarian pedophile good ring. point Marcus. which is really funny is that if you take that little bit again that little bit of sentence and isolate it it damns all libraries <laughs> exactly that's what marcus is trying to avoid when you did say franklin cover-up this time i thought about franklin from texas chainsaw massacre the guy in the wheelchair oh they can be like franklin cover up i don't know where my pants are <laughs> no either way if it even if it was them blackmailing or if it was just that they covered their tracks the fact remains that even though there were multiple raids on the family communities in the early 90s the children of god have been exonerated in any and all child abuse cases there were moments of bad pr in which former members would speak out about the abuse they suffered and even berg's daughter deborah wrote a tell-all book about her life in the cult but ultimately none of it really had much of a lasting impact and yeah, I mean, I can see somebody not necessarily wanting to read that book. Yeah. You know? I uh, mean, But on the other hand, I mean, not really, because during the uh, 70s and 80s, uh, that uh, what there was that book uh, that pretty much kicked off the satanic panic. Sure. Uh, that was, uh, I can't exactly remember the name of the book, but it was one of those false, me- or like one of those recovered memory books. Yeah. Uh, and mm. those, and that was, of course, full of the exact same shit as the Children of God. But on the other hand, Ben, you might be right, because that book about the satanic 
satanic panic is that, it, of course, it's all bullshit. None of it actually happened. Uh, none of it is true. Uh, and there is also, like, it's a much better story, that satanic panic shit. Well, there, just, you know, it's a villain. Yeah, there's a... It's a bunch of people in black, and it's, you know, they get to, they're all having a good time, and you're fucking jealous of them yeah. because they're they're all fucking goth and metal. And it's Satan. Exactly. Where in here, this is God. This is yeah. Jesus. That And it's hmm. real. And, uh, and it did seem like there were a lot of people who were involved in cults during this time, so you wonder if they might feel some personal guilt for being sucked into this, their own version of a cult. Yep. Exactly. And a lot of people had family members in cults as well. So hmm. it's one of those things where if you believe that they are complicit, uh, if you believe that this cult is evil, then by association, your family member who is a part of a cult may be evil as well. It's uncomfortable truths. Totally. And a lot of times people uh, will shy away from that stuff. Yeah, uh, like I don't. I think uncomfortable truth is that I have a harder. I have a hard time with Beyonce's later albums. Oh, don't say that about <laughs> Queen Bay. What about EXO? It's fine. EXO's great. I love that song. I watched a video of hers the other day. She dances, <laughs> and I don't that even know great. how she. She must be tired after all that. <laughs> no. It could be that the reason why uh, the children of God didn't get hammered as hard as they could have is because they heavily sanitized the Mo letters that they had been producing over the years. And this was pre-internet, so it was a lot easier to scrub the past than it is now. Mm. Because the Mo letters, of course, you know, they were the story of David Ito was so long. It was full of so many awful pictures. Uh, when they decided to ban all of that stuff, they released a different version of the story of David yeah. Ito that was completely and totally scrubbed of anything. They knew so, this shit was wrong. Anything that could be yeah. construed as illegal, they scrubbed. Basically, Tipper Gore got a hold of it, and she was like, parental vi- uh, advisory, <laughs> if you want if you want to sell your book at Walmart, you got to clean it up a little bit. Yeah. But that is the one I would, I'm down with the ban on. I was mad when she tried to shut down Frank Zappa. Uh, oh, yeah. Tipper Gore's horrible. Oh, yeah. Wasp. Oh, fuck like a beast, man. Fucking rock and roll. Yeah, Oh, dude. my God. I got I got public enemy, but I got the uh, the clean version. Uh, I, I was singing all the wrong lyrics, <laughs> talking about ra- ramen hamburgers or something. They were putting random foods in there. We're neighbors with attitude. <laughs> oh, that's kind of a fun thing. <laughs> so by the time officials finally got up their ass and did something in the early 90s, the cult had already stopped and had banned most of their disgusting practices. In fact, that was the reasoning an English court gave for not prosecuting. They used to be fucked up, but not anymore. So it's all good now. Fuck you. But yeah. don't you still have to pay for the sins of your past? Nope. No, well, there was not that, anymore. Well, there was no proof. Huh? Okay. Other a- than those massive amounts of Mo letters no, which documented no, no, the abuse, no, right? No, but that's no. but that's circumstantial. No, and there's okay. stories. It's called the story of I, Davidito. Oh, it's I satire. See. Oh, okay. That's what... <laughs> <laughs> all right. And so it was that in October of 1994, David Berg died at the age of 75 without having to answer for a single one of his crimes. Wow. Do you think that they would have at some point brought him to justice? No. No. You don't think so at all? If no. he was, I mean, I guess technically he could still be alive today had he, uh, you know, been healthier or something. But yeah. 20 years, 95? He could be 95. Some people could be 95, but John he, Glenn just passed away at 95 and yeah, he didn't G- do anything wrong. John Glenn had a clean conscience, I guess. I hope so. I don't think, I actually don't think so. 
He obviously did some rumors about John Glenn. That, no, He's an American hero. Saying, there are some. Uh, there are very few true American heroes, and John Glenn is one of them. And spending Mr. Rogers so mu- <laughs> spending so much time in space. What has he got to hide? <laughs> That's what I uh, said. Sir, I'm an astronaut. <laughs> what do you have to hide? <laughs> so after David Berg died, Karen Zerbe married top official Peter Amsterdam and assumed control of the cult, which at that time had a membership of ten thousand. 7,000 of which were underage. So technically that should be 3,500. I'm not saying that children should not count completely as one whole adult, but I'd say two count as one whole adult. Yeah, they can't vote. I mean, (laughs) I mean, really. Yeah. So the only person out of all these monsters who would pay any sort of price for what they had done to countless children was one of the nannies who had raised Ricky, Susan Joy Cowton, and the one who would deliver that punishment would be Ricky Rodriguez himself. Can we cheer that? No. No. Okay. We can't cheer murder. We just just can't. I I do wish I do understand the motivation though. Of course, we all understand the motivation, you know, but we cannot cheer vigilante murder. It would be kind of cool if he had like a Punisher costume on or like (laughs) he called himself like the Night Snail. (laughs) The Night Snail? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's the Night Snail's magic move or special trick? Shoot you in the head. Oh, I see. (laughs) So after Berg's death in 1994, Ricky Rodriguez had started to catch on to the fact that his upbringing was not only fucked up, but downright evil. He wasn't quite as sheltered as he had once been and was starting to mingle with the rank and file of the cult. Zerby, now completely in charge of the children of God, sent Ricky to live in a family home outside of Budapest in 1995, a place that was much more relaxed, where he was treated not as Davidito the Messiah, but pretty much as just some dude named Ricky. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, that I, must be nice for him to just be a guy. Yeah, it really was. I mean, he talks about that time as like among. I mean, it's it's very for him. It was very happy, very relaxing, but it was also one of the most destructive times because this is when he started to open up to people and started to tell them what it was like to grow up as David Ito. Yeah, uh, and yeah. he's starting to figure out because, of course, like both uh, him and the girl known as Davida, they both knew that something was wrong. Yeah, I mean, right. this on a very on a molecular level, you know. As a child, that it is not right, right to have sexual contact. Well, yeah, you, you just, just, you just know. can't choose. Yeah, you can't choose. You're literally being you're being forced to do it. Yeah, and nothing's going to that doesn't that's not right. No, that's right. Um, it is interesting. He's going to very exotic locations. Well, uh, that's uh, what happened. Uh, <laughs> no, right. I mean, I'm thinking no, like Budapest. You're just not jealous that. of it's his trunk true. with all the it's, different it's, travel stickers on it. Of like eat, pray, love. Oh his, God, I, mean, I don't, I don't think so. No. <laughs> well, they had to move out of all the Western countries. Uh, uh, they hadn't been. They hadn't really been uh, in the United States uh, for decades at this point. Mm. Uh, and a lot of them. Uh, at one point, David Berg had made a proclamation that there was going to be a war coming and that all of the industrial, like all the first world nations, uh, all the leading nations in the world would be destroyed, so they needed to move to third world countries. Not that, you know, Philippines and Budapest, you know, wherever. Where's Budapest? Hungary? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yes. Budapest is hungry? I'm hungry. I just know Moon River is about the, or the, the river Danube. 
Is that Hungary? That, they got it's a, the capital of Hungary. Yeah. They got great hotels. Woo! I hear they're grand hotels in Budapest. Yeah. I've heard I that. Mean, not that it's third world, but you know, it ain't no America. Yeah, it ain't no God. <laughs> I, <just> don't think, <laughs> I don't think David Berg understands proxy wars very well. No. We don't, we don't fight on our own soil. David Berg was not well versed in international anything. politics. Anything. <laughs> anything we would fight the, you know, he the, the Russians even, in Hungary. He wasn't even expert on having sex with his own family. He couldn't get it up for the last 15 years. Uh, that's probably a you good thing. just keep huh? coming back to that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Really obsessed sorry. about David Berg's, like, ability to get hard. I don't know. I don't know why. I all needs to stop. <laughs> You're need... going to therapy, right? Yeah, I am. Yeah, okay. So maybe just flush that out Is a little this, bit. Yeah, flush it. Really flush out your <laughs> obsession with this horrible old molester's penis. Oh, God. <laughs> Mr. Zabrowski, I'm sorry your therapist can no longer see you. Well, who are you? I'm here to escort you from the building. Ah, every time. <laughs> so while Ricky was in Portugal, he met a girl named Elixia Munumel. Birth uh, name? I don't know. I okay. don't know. Her, her, her birth name was like Ethel Rarg. <laughs> oh, that's kind of a good name. She It could be her birth name. She was Ecuadorian. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, beautiful woman who would remain with Ricky for the rest of his short life. But as Ricky started to open up to people about what being David Ito was really like, Zerbi caught word and ordered him home. Back to Portugal. Ricky was completely miserable back there and missed what little freedom they'd allowed him to taste. But every time he thought about leaving, he remembered all the stories he'd heard about other second generation kids who had left and fallen into drug abuse, alcoholism, prostitution, and suicide. And the thing was, these weren't just stories. All of this was true. Yes. Right. And if you want a, a deeper look into that, watch the HBO documentary Lost and Found that talks about those <laughs> victims and, and basically people who came out of the children of God with no life skills at all. Mm. And yeah. Didn't, ha- didn't know what to do. No. Yeah. And a lot of them did commit suicide. Mm. Uh, they couldn't handle it. They of just course. they had yeah. all the memories of the awful shit that happened to them, and they and that's combined with no real abilities to live in the outside world. So not only do they not know how to cope with what happened to them in the past, they don't know how to cope with the present. I mean, what's the lead-off conversation to with uh, somebody who's a stranger at a bar? You don't have any real-life existence that's normal. Yeah. So you can't just yeah. start off with, like, the terrible atrocities that happen because then people are going to slowly move away from you well, as the drinks so, uh, get ordered. Booze, huh? Makes yeah. me want to dance. Hey, look at that. A, w- a window. Uh. And then they just go stare at that. Casey and the Sunshine Band. Uh. That's a great new band. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's very tough for them. Very isolating. Very alienating. Well, they ended up forming networks uh, that these kids, when they left the Children of God, they'd go and they'd find each other. They'd hang out with each other. They called each other. Uh, they call each other all the time. They have these support networks and that's pretty much Mm. all they have and the fact that these kids were committing suicide that they were falling into drug abuse that made ricky even more angry and it validates the church's message that when you leave you become a drug addict an alcoholic you commit suicide and so it all sort of plays into each other yeah it's a perfect narrative to to scare people into staying yeah but now he sees that he has a community to protect. And this is where Ricky starts to become sad Batman. Yeah. The Night Snail. <laughs> Don't call him the Night Snail. Okay. <laughs> I gotta say I like the Night Snail. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. 
Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do, and the memories keep cycling, and I get emotional, and we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy, and that is not sad. That is celebratory, so you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do. Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet. Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles. It's just a better way to watch TV. Get with it, people. Philo has an unlimited DVR for one year. Save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, meaning that your children or significant other can't ruin your queue. Never miss a minute of shows like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it. And it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds for less money and less hassle. Try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month. <laughs> the, the thing is about Ricky uh, is that, yeah, he has a community to protect now. Ricky was actually a good dude. 
That by all accounts, Ricky was a good dude. Despite the terrible upbringing that he had, he was still compassionate, he was loving, and he was very sensitive to the plights of others. And in fact, with Mm. Ricky, what happened to others was far more important than what had happened to him. The only thing that Ricky wanted was to live a normal life and to make sure that what happened to him never happened to anyone ever again. Mm. Like Batman. Like Batman. Like Batman. Yeah, I mean, he really is... I think what Ricky Rodriguez is at the end of the day is that he is what would really happen if someone turned into a, a super, vigilante a, superhero. A, a, a vigilante superhero. It's like, mm. yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work out. No, it's a sad story. Yeah. It never ends happy unless you bang Wonder Woman. But then Wonder <laughs> Woman also has to be real. And also now Wonder Woman's a lesbian. So <laughs> there goes happened? that fucking idea. <laughs> when did Wonder... I mean, I don't care. That's wonderful if I think Wonder Woman... I, I hope she you finds sounded, love. You did sound scared I was and upset. I'm not scared or upset, just interested. I didn't realize there was a new twist in her sexual orientation. Oh, yeah. I mean, Wonder Woman... Well, Wonder Woman is actually created by a polyamorous uh, trio. If oh. you're going to tell me She-Hulk is also a lesbian, then I might have a little discount. Connected no, no, I'm no. Quite a no, she, she Hulk's not a lesbian. That's great. I always thought She Hulk <laughs> was very attractive. Very beautiful. She Hulk is extremely attractive. Mm, yes, and Psylocke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, good point. Okay. Now, this is Ricky talking about the suicides that happened as a result of kids being a part of the cult. Where the fuck was I? Suicide. Yes, suicide. Horrible. Horrible thing when adults contemplate suicide. But so much worse when you got a fucking little kid who is, you know, not born to be a messed up little fucker, but he's a little life, you know? She's a little life. And you just fuck him over because you're a sick fucking pervert and you don't have anything better to do with your life than to fuck up your little kids. It's just... So far beyond me, I just can't fucking imagine it. But yet it happened. It happened right before me. It happened to all of you. Thousands of us. Some worse than others. I had it good in many ways. I didn't get fucked in the ass. I was a guy, you know? A lot of you girls, crap. I can't even compare my stories with yours. But that's not what this is about. We're not sitting here comparing, oh, you got it worse than I did. You got it more times than I did. Because it's not about that. There's so many other kinds of abuse that went on that to some of us were just as bad. Some of us, to some of us, it wasn't. And some of us didn't have it that bad. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, I had it the worst. Or I didn't because it doesn't really matter. It should never have happened at all to anybody. That's the point. I mean, he really is extremely empathetic. Yes, yeah. and truly, like not yeah. in a not in a uh, fake way. Like no. he's truly with it. Also, I imagine the same music. I imagine Batman would listen to. Yeah, and I I used to listen to that very similar very similar music. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, during that whole video, he's he's listening to some pretty hardcore shit. Yeah. So in the year two thousand, Ricky finally left the Children of God cult with Elixia to try his luck in the system. And a few months after leaving, he wrote an email to a top official. This is what he said. Some days I've some days I have come so close to snapping and going back to their compound, but not for a social visit and not as a repentant prodigal, but as an avenger. I don't see why I should have to pay for their sins. 
Damn so, right. Shortly after sending that email, Ricky moved to Tacoma, Washington to look for work, sleeping on the floors of former family members until Alexia joined him a few months later and the two got an apartment together. Now, to give you an mm. idea of how disconnected these people were from the real world, Ricky and Alexia didn't even know they had to buy their own furniture to furnish their apartment. They just assumed that when they showed up, all that shit was going to be taken care of. Right. Now, eventually, Ricky got a job as an electrician's apprentice. He was reportedly an amazing employee, but he couldn't move past what had happened to both him and other kids while they were in the Children of God. And he refused to talk to anybody about this stuff besides former Children of God members, fearing that if he told anybody what had happened to him, they'd put him away. Like he because he would be crazy. They would think he was nuts. They would think he was nuts. They would never yeah. believe all, because it was so insane. Right, and he didn't have any proof. So Ricky kept it all to himself and let his hate fester for years. Hardly able to think about anything besides revenge against his nannies, but particularly his mother. He's able to keep it under control for a while, but in 2004 he got into a minor car accident that jarred something loose. Now, this is him talking about what he went through mentally since leaving the cult. Yeah, I don't really have anything to lose, I think. And, uh, I, uh, yeah, I don't want to go through my life um, the way it is now. I've tried for four years. Sure, it's not long. Feels like a fucking lifetime. It feels like a goddamn lifetime to me. And uh, every day, you know, if it had just gotten a little better, a little better even emotionally, mentally for me. It would have been okay. It would have given me hope. But it's gotten worse. Every fucking day has been a little worse than the day before. Kind of reminds me of that movie Office Space where he's talking to the hypnotherapist. <laughs> and he says that. I said, every day has been a little worse. <laughs> and the guy goes, oh, that's fucked up. And then he catches himself and apologizes. But yeah, it's fucked up. It's really fucked up. Uh, but hey, it's life. And we're going to play the hand that we're dealt. So, anyway. It's crazy to think about him consuming the same media that we consume and, yeah. you know, living a mainstream lifestyle with that past. He was just trying to be a normal dude. He was, just trying to, he was just trying to watch movies and yeah. distract himself and hoping that one day he'd wake up and it'd be better, and then it just doesn't sometimes. It seems like he could have been saved by one person also. If a, a, a perfect there, I mean, obviously, you know, if the perfect person appeared out of, you know, thin air. Yeah. But he does seem like he, you know, he is such an empathetic person. He wanted to get better so fucking bad like all he wanted was to just live a normal life but he was just so afraid to talk to anybody that he just never got there right. even if he bumped into bill murray he wouldn't be able to get one of those douchebaggy bill murray stories <laughs> <laughs> now a few days after the accident ricky packed up and left elixia for san diego and while there he started to formulate a plan to bring his abusers to justice and as his story was now 20 years old and since the cult had gotten away with this shit time and time again ricky believed that there was no legal recourse that he could take so he decided to take it into his own hands his plan was to find his mother 
the top official of the children of God, and murder her, effectively cutting the head off the beast. Ricky believed that if he killed Karen Zerby, the rest of the organization would crumble around her and he could destroy the cult that had destroyed both his and so many other people's lives. This is him talking about that further. Yeah, I'm sort of quitting right now, but in a way I'm not because I'm not doing it the way I want to do it. I'm trying to do something lasting. Something that if God forbid in the next life I, it does go on, um, that I can look back on this if I'm able to and, and know that, okay, maybe I didn't technically do the right thing, but I tried to do something to help. I didn't just fade away. I didn't just turn tail and run and let those fuckers win that I did what I could to make a difference. And I don't really know how far I'm going to get. I'm starting to think now that it's not going to be that far. And that's going to suck ass. I might not I'll get one person, that's for sure. My source for the information. Um, the goal is to bring down those sick fuckers Mama and Peter. My own mother. What an evil little cunt. God damn. How can you do that to kids? How can you do that to kids and sleep at night? I don't fucking know. Anyway. Well, that's just a very, you know, it's uh, so complex because in a strange way, he's coming from the goodness, from a goodness of his heart perspective of wanting to defend everybody, but then he's talking about murdering an individual. Yeah, you, you know? can't necessarily so, support it, but at the same time, then there's a whole part of me that's like, yeah. I mean, you get it. Yeah. yeah, you know, and he, it's it's funny because he doesn't come at it selfishly. He's no. he, he's he's always thinking as the collective, uh, as the people who are scarred collectively. It's really fascinating. Yeah, and the government's not done anything, and you relied yeah. on the police to do their job. Everybody did, and then they, they just didn't do it. So it gets to a point somebody's got to do something, even if it's killing a sixty-year-old woman mm. who is the. I mean, and then again, but what do we learn about religious leaders? If you kill one, it just makes the their the bull their bullshit stronger. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's martyrdom, and that's the and ultimately that is uh, one of the greatest tragedies of Ricky Rodriguez uh, is that the children of God made him a martyr. Yeah, and it was a uh, societal issue. Society yeah. failed him in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So in San Diego, Ricky started making phone calls. He contacted current family members, faking a conciliatory tone to try to find information about his mother's whereabouts. He finally heard that the Christmas before, she had visited her parents in Tucson. So Ricky moved to Tucson to see if he could wait it out until Karen Zerby returned. Meanwhile, his former nanny, Susan Cowton, the less evil but still pretty fucking evil one mm -hmm. had officially left the cult but was still in contact with Karen Zerby and her I imagine looks sort of like um uh what's her name uh from uh the from uh, fucking uh, my fucking brain uh big fat woman <laughs> there it is <laughs> she looks like a, there it is she's the one in my mind she looks like uh, Kathy Bates Kathy Bates. Yeah. You know what? That one I can agree with. That one I see I love a Kathy, Kathy Bates. Bates in my head. Yeah. About Schmidt, Kathy Bates. Oh, yes. hot tub. You want to see tub. her breasts? <laughs> I love it. They're right there. Yep. 
Now, Ricky, through a Children of God charity front called the Family Care Foundation, got a hold of Susan and convinced her to come have dinner at his apartment so they could catch up uh, and just generally talk about their time together at the Children of God. You know, he was very nice about it, very right. conciliatory. He's like, you know, I know I've been away from the family for a while, but I'm thinking about coming back in. You know, I'm thinking about all these good memories. So why don't we get together? We can have dinner and we can have a good time. His actual plan was much different. The night before the dinner, Ricky set up a camera and started recording. And in this video, and this video is what we've been listening to all these clips from. That's where all of these clips come from, is this video. And by the way, it is available to watch in its hour-long duration on YouTube. I would highly recommend going and seeing it. This is, it, it is fascinating it is heartbreaking but it's uh, also cements the batman idea because it's as he's doing it if you hear the little noises while he's doing the like, clink 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 that's him loading right. a clip of a gun while he's doing this monologue yeah yeah he's sitting there with a 40 caliber glock he's got a box of bullets he's got four fully loaded clips and as he's talking he's sitting there loading a fifth a sixth and a seventh the video was made so Ricky could explain to former Children of God members, particularly the kids who were abused, the reasons behind what he was about to do. Now, here's a few more excerpts from that video. The thing about this video is that you can tell how much he really thought about all of this and how much planning he really put into it all. This is him talking about his weaponry. I think I'm going a little, went a little overboard. I bought a bunch of mags and all these fucking bullets. What with the police round? Golden Saber. It's a full load powder. They don't, uh, they don't skimp. Some people say that the hollow points don't expand as they should because ballistic gelatin that they use for their tests isn't really accurate, but let me tell you, you go through somebody's skull, that fucker's gonna expand. So that's what I'm counting on. I think uh, when you now that I, and I just now thought of this, like when you listen to him. He has lines. Yeah, uh, he, he's been he thinking has, about this. He has, but it's almost like he has catchphrases uh, where he's been watching movies because all right. really Ricky Ramirez knows about life is from movies that he's been watching because he was in the Children of God cult for so fucking long uh, is that I think that from watching movies and trying to figure out how to live life because as he's talking <clears throat> like. It, the ones we're playing, like, they're very specific, like, end times. It also sounds mm -hmm. like 90s uh, action movie stars. Yeah, exactly. Right. He built up his dialogue from watching snappy, badass guys on the end, and, he's, and emulating yeah. them. Yeah. Well, to some degree, he's an immigrant in his own country. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't understand what the American culture is because he didn't grow up in it, and that is our major export, is our culture in our movies and things like that. But how many people outside of America assume we all have guns? My dad came over just... here just bought a cowboy hat right away. He was just like, <laughs> oh, in America, they wear cowboy hats. And he's like, no, you're a German truck driver. Yeah. He's like, oh, but my lederhosen are covered in sausage pieces. <laughs> So Ricky went on to show a huge Marine-issued K-Bar knife that he planned to use, plus a roll of duct tape. And I think the gun, the gigantic knife, the duct tape, all that, it really shows what Ricky thought about the people he was targeting. Because at the end of the day, his nannies and his mother 
They were old ladies. But this is the same thing we saw in the Menendez brothers' trial. What they try to say is that the overkill justified the fact that they were molested, right? The idea was that they were going to, they would use it against when the Menendez brothers were basically trying to kill their parents for greed. They tried to set up a look, but you could say, but the way they overkill them is they viewed them as huge monsters. The difference is that Ricky Rodriguez actually thought that because Ricky Rodriguez was actually molested. Molested, and they wrote a fucking book about it. Yeah. And they, every, and every bit of it was documented. and read by thousands of people. Yeah. I mean, these old mm-hmm. ladies, they weren't hard targets, you know. And the other things, the children of God, they weren't an armed cult. They weren't like the Branch Davidians or Om Shinrikyo. Uh, their guns and weapons never once came into the children of God. But he still thought that he needed a, a fucking 45, a 40 caliber pistol, six clips, a gigantic knife. That's what he thought he needed to take down old ladies. Now, Ricky's whole plan was to get Susan Cowton alone in his apartment and extract the location of Karen Zerby before killing his hostage. This is him talking about how he would go about that. I'm one person. I'm working under situa- uh, conditions that aren't that great right now because I'll only have a small window of opportunity to uh, get the information that I need out of this person. I'm not trained in torture methods, which is what I'm going to have to make do. I got my drill here. The reason why it's got this fucking padding on it is just to try to silence it a bit because I'm in an apartment. Um, I got gags, fucking socks. <laughs> I got lots of fucking duct tape. Um, I got a soldering iron. Heat. Rather crude implements. I think can work wonders especially if it's used in the right way. But I'm not trained. I don't know how to fucking do this. I don't want to fucking do this. God damn it. I mean, it is... That's uh, intense. But also the problem is, yeah. is that the part of his... The one thing that then in the end, it's like, what we'll find out is that if you don't really want that kind of mayhem, it's going to be really difficult to pull that mayhem off. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at Dylan Klebold and like the guys that like when the Columbine guys, they were pieces of shit and looking to hurt as many human beings as possible, which is why they went through with their plans. It was like all of mm-hmm. this stuff. It's like he made some calls, but that's just really as far as you could go because Ricky was actually a good guy. Like yeah. he did. He actually just he just didn't know what to do with his feelings. You want I me, mean, and we can't approve of any of this action. Obviously, no, this activity of course not. is totally insane, and, uh, and and you know it's not it's not appropriate. I mean, uh, activity, but you, but it's understandable. I mean, Ricky Rodriguez degree. is is actually a pretty good example. I mean, he is an extreme example, but he is a good example of if shit has happened to you in your past in your childhood, go talk to somebody. Yeah, like go talk to somebody. Go see a a, a counsel or you know a counselor or, or a therapist. Try to find somebody to talk to about your problems because when this shit festers like this of course you know the vast majority of people aren't going to go and murder uh but it's going to cause problems it causes problems and eventually it's going to it's going to come out the other side yeah you're going to hurt somebody emotionally or physically because that's the idea right is that the 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 pain comes down the track yeah that's what we've always seen is all Mm. all of that pain comes down and it's got to go somewhere so you either got to heal it or you're going to put it on somebody yeah and this is this right here this is ricky talking further about his motivations it's worth a shot because if I am successful, I mean, I can just see all those fucking thousands of family kids, you know, who've been abused. Okay, maybe there's not thousands. <laughs> you know, maybe some of the kids, especially the new generation, they, they don't know they're abused. They don't think they, I guess they certainly haven't been sexually abused. 
But you know what? That's not good enough. Because what about all of the thousands of us who have been fucked over, literally? Um, what about us? Where's our apology? They're not even fucking sorry. They're not even fucking sorry. But can you imagine? All of a sudden, to hear one day, guess what? Mom and Peter are fucking dead. Yeah, somebody went into their house or their fucking motorhome or whatever. They poured gasoline on them. They lit a match. And we had a fucking barbecue. Wow. Can you imagine? I can imagine putting myself in this place, how it would make me feel if I heard that somebody did that. It would be like, wow, there is justice in this world. And an incredible weight would be lifted off my shoulders and I would be able to go on with my life. Yeah, I had a lot of fucking problems, but I got stuck on this one thing. I got stuck because there is this need that I have. This need, it's not a want, it's a fucking need and I wish it wasn't, but it is. It's a need for revenge. It's a need for justice because I can't go on like this. I mean, going back to that idea of he got his personality or a lot of his um, verbiage through media, it does almost seem like the final scene, like a montage scene from a movie like It Follows, for example, well, the, where the kids get the duct tape, they get the thing. It does sort of build up in that the sort of way. Well, The he's, end of Rambo. Yeah, to some degree, it feels that way, right? His favorite movie was Boondock Saints. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. he was heavily, heavily inspired by do- Boondock Saints. They talk about, yeah, I think he had, I forgot what the tattoo, one of the, he had a tattoo of one of the sayings in Boondock Saints. I forget, I forgot one of the fucking. That, that mm. movie of all, that was like a high school movie where oh, everyone's like, this is love. badass. Oh, and then yeah. you watch yeah. it afterwards, you're like, oh, it's kind of dumb. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, this is Ricky talking about his mother and the life that he's leaving behind because he's very cognizant of the fact that this is the end. That this is that he's not going to get away with this. No, it's almost like he doesn't want to get away with he it. He doesn't want yeah. to. It's it's a suicide. The whole yeah. point is all of this is suicide because in the end, because he's truly empathetic, he doesn't like the idea of killing other people. In right. the end, it's like he wants to kill himself. Yeah, um, and he's just trying to d- maximize it so it means something. Mm-hmm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest and. I guess I can share it here. I I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God, I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. 
All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly. You know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees? Makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right. I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right. My job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. And, oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free. Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. For that. She's going to pay dearly, one way or another. If I don't get to her, man, if I don't get to her and life goes on, I'm going to keep hunting her in the next life, let me tell you. And I'm going to keep going until somebody gets her, I get her. Justice will be done, believe me. It's only a matter of time. Somehow, some way, it's going to happen. I'm going to try to do my part. We'll see what happens and go from there. This is my boss always says. We'll see what happens, Rick, and then we'll go from there. He's such a cool guy. He's like the best boss in the world, I think. And that's actually one of my main regrets here, having to do this, is to have to leave him, desert him, because I know he needs me. He has other guys working with him, thankfully, or it would make it so much harder for me to do this. But still, I wrote him a long note, tried to explain what little I could. 
what can you say? You know, what can you say? Yeah, I mean that's that's an interesting level of empathy. Concerned about his boss. Yeah, well, which is the, I mean, no one's concerned about. No, the boss. that's the, <laughs> if I'm going to do something that I know will uh, you know lead to my uh, you know ceasing to exist, the last person I'm concerned about is, is my the boss. fucking boss. Last person. That Hollywood video. <laughs> well, the boss, uh, the boss actually took a huge chance on him because yeah. Ricky he had no experience whatsoever in anything really, right. and so this guy took him on as an electrician's apprentice uh, and. Actually, the boss, I mean, Ricky was such a good employee uh, that the boss tried giving him a raise. He was like, listen, I want to give you a dollar an hour raise. And Ricky was like, no. He's like, I don't deserve it. Don't give it to me. He's like, if you give uh, me, he's like, if you give me a raise, I will quit. Uh, it's got to be. God. Yeah. And the weird thing is about hmm. this entire video, he never mentions Elixia. Like he never mentions this woman that's been with him this entire time. I think the only reason because he mentions his boss before he mentions his uh you know his his girlfriend. I think the reason why I think that was the one thing that was just too painful for him to talk about. They also yeah. recently probably got over a fight over his collection of Seinfeld DVDs that she didn't want to give back. That's very possible. <laughs> and I feel like that if yeah. he had switched to watching more Seinfeld instead of, like, Commando maybe. or something like that, maybe he'd be more of a mensch. I don't know. Seinfeld kind of drives you nuts. Honestly, you I, can't, I cannot watch more than three episodes of Seinfeld in a row and, <laughs> until I get vis- viscerally depressed. Yeah, yes. well, it's also like Curb Your Enthusiasm. Anything that Larry David is involved in is, is very stressful to watch. Yeah. I just feel like like I'm driving too slow. <laughs> you know, I'm just going 23 miles an hour and you're just, I gotta get there, but you're still in a rush. Yeah. It's very confusing and difficult. Well, the entire video, like I said, it's an hour long. Uh, at the end of it, when Ricky is wrapping it up, because when I first started watching this video, you know, all I really knew about Ricky Rodriguez uh, was the story of David Ito stuff. Like, I saved watching this video until... I knew about this guy's life. Uh, and when you see clips of it in documentaries and things like that, it really makes Ricky out to be this crazed, psychotic killer uh, right. that couldn't control himself. Uh, but really, this moment right here, this moment is at the very end of the video. It made me weep with actual empathy for this guy. It's a moment of humanity. I just know this guy. I know this guy. Exactly. I know Ricky. I know I've met I've met these guys before. He's really passionate and he's just also really fucked up. Yeah. And doesn't know what to do with all of all of this all of these feelings. It's just yeah. to be as embarrassed and emba- the story of Davidito. Imagine how deeply deeply embarrassing that is. Oh, it's yeah. so dehumanizing, uh, emasculating. I mean, yeah. that's why he had to go so over the top with it to try to reclaim that stuff, right? That's also a possibility. Now let's listen. Um, yeah, well, I guess I'm going to go now. Uh, I wanted to see that movie White Noise just because I'm sort of interested in the afterlife. I know it's just a fucking movie, but it looks cool. So I like movies. I think it's because I was, wasn't allowed to watch that many. Yeah, sure. I watched some with Berg and all, but yeah. It's kind of cool to watch movies, man. So, uh, I guess I'm going to go watch that one. Drink some beers. Be happy. What more could you want, right? 
It's so strange to just, like you guys just said, this is a friend. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's what I do to have a good time. drink some beers, watch a horror movie. Try to forget your problems. Try to forget the fucked up things that are constantly in your mind. We all grew up with that guy, you know? Or, you know, a lot of our listeners, they are that guy. A lot of us are that guy, too. I'm that guy half that time. But you look at this stuff. It also reminded me of Richard Dorner writing how he was sad he was going to miss the next roast. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The the Jeffrey Ross roast. It is interesting that we all consume the same thing yeah 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 all of us you know it's just all of us are just looking for something to distract us from our bullshit but some of us Mm -hmm. you know what for ricky rodriguez i mean it's it's such an extreme example it was just too much i'm just glad he didn't wasn't forcing himself to read the gulf breeze ufo incident like i am and having fucking alien nightmares all night (laughs) i can't sleep So later that night, after he made the video and after he got drunk, he called up his friend Tiago in New Mexico and said he's going to send over a video that he had just made. And when Tiago asked if Ricky had found Karen Zerbe, Ricky wasted in just a, in like a happy, great wasted mood, just said, I found the solution. It's all in the video. And didn't say anything other than that. Mm. So the next day, Susan Calton showed up at Ricky's apartment. We don't know exactly how it transpired, but after Ricky told Susan about the pain and suffering he'd endured at the hands of her and his mother, he picked up his knife and stabbed Calton five times before slitting her throat. Ricky then got in his car and drove towards Phoenix. He called Alexia at 7.15 p.m. and told her, killing somebody so much harder than I thought it would be. And he also said that as Cowton was bleeding to death, she still didn't understand what she or Karen Zerby or the children of God had ever done wrong. But you know what's interesting is I think in that moment too is that he has to then experience a moment of empathy where he looks at it and it's like, you're just as brainwashed as everybody right. else. Your yeah. life was actually stolen too. Yeah. Your life was stolen and then again, someone gets the bill. The bill always goes down to the next generation. You got the fucking bill. And now it's like you have to pay, the next person's got to pay the fucking bill. I mean, at the end of the day, he wanted an apology, right? I think he wanted. He wanted. I think it, it was, he wanted them to acknowledge what they've done to him. Well, he it wanted was, to take the power back. Yeah, it was too right. late for an apology. You know, I, I think it was. I think for him, he needed revenge. But I think Henry, I think you make a great point there. Where yeah, he the, he's such an empathetic person that he finally saw that they were also fucked up as well. They're all they, lost. That everyone, yeah. all of them were lost, you know, and it's, you know, and can she be blamed if she didn't believe she was doing anything wrong? If she was so brainwashed, I mean, is it yeah. almost an insanity defense? No. <laughs> Same time, I don't, again, we yeah. talk about this guy, I have a very, I have, to be honest, I have very little I mean, I do have empathy, but I have very little sympathy for people that are in cults. Of it's course. very difficult yeah. where it's yeah. just like, because groupthink is just always bad. As soon as you smell it, you got to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And as soon as, mm. you, and that, I mean, as soon as it starts coming into the, you know, molestation territory. You fucked up. You you're fucked well, up. of course, you it's much out. different for second generation. That's yes. all they know. Yeah. And that's yes. a totally but, different story. Yeah. But Susan Calton was not second right, generation. Right, right, right. I know. Yeah. Saying. Yeah. She was one of, she was one of David Berg's creatures. So Ricky arrived in Blythe, California at 10 p.m., checked into a Holiday Inn Express, showered, drank a few beers, ate some beef jerky, and got back into his car. He drove a few miles away to an industrial area and put his phone on his car's console. And there, Ricky Rodriguez, not able to handle the act of murdering another person, no matter how evil they were, took his gun, 
pointed it at his head and pulled the trigger. He was found dead the next morning. And to this day, we do not know the whereabouts of Karen Zerby or Ricky's other nanny, Sarah. All we know is that Zerby still runs the Children of God, rebranded in 2004 as the Family International, an organization that still claims over 10,000 members mm. worldwide in 80 countries across the world. And it's the same wow. shit as fucking Scientology. It's a big old goddamn cult. And the reason why they rebranded it and they make it so they, they have a bunch of money and a bunch of members so it looks like everything's legit. And they're right. supposed to be allowed to exist. And it's complete bullshit. And he also, when you turn on that fucking light... Those cockroaches go fucking scattering everywhere. That's Karen Zerby and fucking Sarah going off into hiding, knowing that that action that Ricky did, they're lucky it didn't turn into a gigantic fucking bloodbath because it could have done. It could have turned into five people seeing what he did, and the way they then they they portrayed it and framed it that he was just some fucking psychopath and being like, if they really saw what the message he was trying to do, they all would have been fucking dead. Well, the news media framed it as him being like a crazy psychopath. It was a blip on uh, on the actual like national news uh, the way Karen Zerby framed it she opened up RickyRodriguez.com she opened up a fucking website mm-hmm. that in his has, memory in his memory that has pictures of him as a kid it has a whole chapter on suicide and what suicide means and how Ricky was still going to go to heaven even though he committed suicide and just painting Ricky as a lost soul she took Ricky Rodriguez and made him what he hated most. All right, I mean, it, it was. I mean, what? Uh, that's why Karen Zerby, among so many other reasons, is just such an, an evil pox on humanity. It's all right. She'll be, again, she, she's, she's going to be dead soon. Yeah. All right. Well, that's Children of God. Merry oh, Christmas. Merry <laughs> Christmas, everybody. I want to give huge thanks to both Megan and April for their help on this one. They were invaluable on this episode, uh, and uh, I, I need to thank Megan for spending a you know the right. time that she did on the story of David Ito. I'm and glad she watched that instead just, of us again. Yes, yeah. and I do want to just really stress this point and clarify this point. Although this cult is terrible and they've done some terrible things. Uh, let God, uh, you know, make the final decision on these people's lives. In no, in no way should you do anything violent or vigilante no. uh, or anything. You know, well, let the universe, you, you will, let something, let, let something the universe else. handle it. Focus uh, on yourself. Focus get on your, yourself. Get yourself better. That's all you can do. The best yes. you can always do is treat somebody else with empathy. Treat somebody else yes. with, like, connect to another human being. Move forward. Like, do, do something positive for society. Make something. Do something. Right. Never, a destructive act hurts everything. Thing. Because we all have experiences in life, and many people have much more violent experiences than we had growing up that would make them relate to uh, to Ricky. Yeah. And uh, but you still shouldn't go down that road, and that was a mistake that Ricky made. Yeah. It ain't cool. It's not cool. No, it yeah. just ends with an extreme depression. All of and, these action uh, stars aren't real. They don't do anything. They they don't they all live in trailers. Oh, they the go movies. back to their fancy trailers. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for listening. What a, uh, I guess this is, no, we'll, no, we'll have one more before 2017. Huh? Yep. Yes. All right. So it's not yes. going to do that. We're not going to do the happy new year thing, but it has been an interesting year so far. Mm. That's a good I'm way gonna say to put it. I'm gonna interesting. Say interesting is the right word. Interesting always means bad. No, it means interesting. says something interesting. like, what do you think of this? And you it's say, a, it's interesting. It's interesting. That means yeah. it's bad. Nah, not all the time. It's going to no. be interesting. Yeah. I think interesting can be good, but. No. But, it's, it's like better than uninteresting. Like someone, I mean, that's, nice. the, that's the Chinese curse. May you live in interesting times. Uh, 
<laughs> uh, all right, everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a year that many books are going to be written about, and usually they don't. That's why they're you know, like, try to find a book about like 1997. Ah, oh, man, Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the I most mean, horrific except, thing of all time. For, like, you know, like Kosovo and all that. Yeah, there's going to be books written about that. But yeah, here in America, no books are written about 1997. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, let's see, Marcus, what do you want to say? Uh, I want to say that uh, if you go to Cave Comedy Radio Merch.com, we've got a new t shirt oh, up. All right. Uh, if you love the Hail Yourself design, but hate white t shirts, we have yep. a black on white design. Uh, it's right good now. to have the flip. I like having the white t shirt because I, I have too. so many black t shirts. I cannot have a white t shirt because it's white for seven seconds before <laughs> I immediately spit on it or something happens. <laughs> before you spit on it. I just Ooh. don't know what it what is. What color's your spit? I, don't, I start chewing. I put a white shirt on, I start chewing tobacco and just spitting on it. I don't know what happens. Yeah, I don't know what happens. But we've got, yeah, we've got the classic logo shirt. We've got the white version and the black version of the Hell Yourself shirt. That's at Cave Comedy Radio Merch.com. We've got uh, an Abe Lincoln's Top Hat shirt oh, in so production cool. that's uh, about to be released, I think, here in a couple of weeks. Uh, we've got a lot of cool shit uh, coming down the pipeline. Uh, and uh, if you want to come and see us live, we're coming to Seattle uh, here tomorrow. Oh uh, it'll be, uh, I think that, yeah, it's sold out. So we'll see everybody. And uh, I don't know what to do with those little scramblies. Is Frazier Seattle, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to be in Portland on uh, December 17th. Uh, the late show is sold out. The early show is almost sold out. It is going to sell out. So be sure to get your tickets soon. Uh, all of these tickets are available on cavecomedyradio.com slash live. Uh, in Boston, our late show is sold out too, but early show tickets are uh, on sale. That's also going to sold out. Kansas City, we can't wait to come. That Woo! is sold out. Uh, Chicago, uh, the we sold out the late show, but there's an early show added. Uh, and in San Francisco, we're going to be live at the Independent on March 25th, uh, and that is also sold out as well. Thank you guys. I cannot believe how many of you guys want to come and see us live. Yeah. It is really overwhelming. And, uh, and, and we want to thank it, you guys so fucking much. Absolutely. And even if it's sold out, come and we'll, you know, we go out afterwards and we have a nice time. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll see you and say hello. What else is good about San Francisco besides the rice? Oh, uh, well, I had a really Ash, good the burrito. Chi- the Chinese food is amazing in San Francisco. We're going to get it. We're, there's a burrito stand, and it's one of my favorite fucking places in the world. I, ha- I have, so we're, I'm going well, there. I want to go to Alcatraz again. I love Ooh, Alcatraz. Oh, Alcatraz. I'm not going to Alcatraz. It's going to be very cold. Yeah. You know that, though. Alcatraz is dangerous. Yeah. Alcatraz, you can't get out. Ooh, I'm going to go to the Starbucks on Hayton Ashbury to get that traditional experience. Oh, wow. <laughs> I want that nice hippie feel. I made a clay model of Alcatraz when I was like nine. It was awesome. Mm. Marcus, this shows signs of he's he's creative. He better, he's <laughs> he's going to have an interesting life. He loves jails. <laughs> yes, why not? Um, so I guess follow us. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Henry Loves You at Dr. Fantasio on Instagram and follow all last podcasts on the left at LP on the left. Yep. I'm at Ben Kissel on Facebook. Uh, wow! <laughs> do we ever plug yeah. Facebook? No, no. I'm Henry Dubrovsky on, on Facebook. Uh, uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, no, okay. I'm Ben Kissel on Twitter. Ben Kissel on Instagram. I was thumbing through the other day. There's a bunch of videos on there now too. It's more than pictures. Isn't mm-hmm. that fun? Oh. Uh, Marcus Parks is Marcus uh, Parks like for everything. So, oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, and thanks so much for supporting all the shows here on CCR. Yeah. We are absolutely crushing it as a network. And congratulations to Marcus Parks for putting nah. everything together and, and doing such a great job. Able against top half for everything political. Henry, you got to come on and be a guest soon. We had Anthony Tamanik on. 
on last episode. Got into some chaos magic stuff, and we want to hear. Well, your you know, on I that. got some hot takes. I, it's <laughs> hot take. Henry Zabrowski will be appearing at some point on Top Hat Roundtable. A gentleman, uh, page seven, sex and other human activities. Uh, Wizard, Wizard and the, the Bruiser, Bruiser is Check going out. well. It yeah. is. Yeah, Holden's not horrible, and I think that's a good. Thing. I think it's a good sign. He's great. Everyone yeah. says you're too mean to Holden. He's yeah. very good. And uh, I also like. I don't really have time to do uh, the Lucky Bone show anymore, but what I'm going to start doing is uh, I'm just going to start making weekly playlists over on my Spotify. Those will be under Lucky Bone Show. I'll send stuff out if you uh, follow me and subscribe. Uh, but yeah, just go follow me on Spotify. I got a shitload of stuff. That's where I do all my shit. Um, and also, uh, uh, check out our live stream, yes. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on adultswim.com slash video slash streams. But there's nothing standard about it. <laughs> That's kind of Eastern that is Standard fun. Time. I mean, Eastern Unstandard Time. Well, hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Gein. Hail me. Unless, but I don't want you to be doing anything weird in the name of me. Unless you're just jerking off or smoking weed. Mm-hmm. Neither of those things are too weird. That's yeah, okay. great. Those yeah. are perfectly normal. And finally, here is the new track from the Cowmen. Special thanks to uh, Michael Isabella, a.k.a. Izzy, for producing this track and recording it for us. Uh, this is I'm Not Coming Home for Christmas this year. Wow. It is uh, available at thecowmen.bandcamp.com, on iTunes, on YouTube, uh, and soon to be on Spotify. So uh, here it is. Everyone enjoy. And that's the closest we'll ever come to celebrating Christmas. Uh That's it. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Happy whatever you're celebrating. I'm doing Saturnalia. All right. Magusta Legends. The presents are wrapped. They're ready to ship. This bottle's all gone. I've had the last sip.
Christmas, everybody.